Welcome to the Make Better Content Marketing Decisions Podcast. I'm Marcus Schaller. The show is for B2B SaaS marketers and founders who don't have endless resources to throw at the wrong opportunities. You'll learn how to get really clear about your content marketing options and make better content marketing decisions based on your goals and available resources. And here's today's guest, Camille Trent. So uh, I just joined Dooley. I just announced it um, on LinkedIn the other day. Um, and so I am starting as the head of content there. And uh, I'm coming from Marketer Hire, where I was the managing editor there. Um, so basically, you know, my whole background is content. I started out as a copywriter, moved into more broad content marketing. Um, and then at Dooley, um, they're basically changing the the sales game for people, um, helping them get, you know, like five to 10 hours, like back in a week, which is pretty significant. And the way that they're doing that is through this kind of new sales enablement tool. What's Camille's advice for using content to drive growth and revenue, even if you have a small team or limited resources? So when you're strapped, um, especially for, for time, budget, and then just talent, I mean, I'll start with what I did kind of like on a, on a personal level of uh, just creating on LinkedIn, right. Or creating on social. So that's a team of one, right. When, when I'm starting um, and I'm basically just assessing the landscape or kind of like taking an audit of what's working. Um, and so what I tell everyone when you're first jumping in, when you don't have very much to start with is just uh optimize for learning, right? And like in test and optimize for learning. And so how you do that um, is like the first thing I tell people is just start commenting on posts, right? Listen, listen, watch, engage, figure out like who, who you connect with kind of in, in your audience and your space. So let's say it's content marketing, you know, find like a few voices that are, that you think are doing it really well. Um, and then and sometimes it's, you know, people that don't have a huge following, but you just connect with them really well and take the time to reach out to them and learn from them. Um, so I've jumped on a few calls with people and that's really like helped my growth. Um, and then the other part of that is finding influencers, right? So finding people that do maybe have big followings um, and you're able to kind of study that too and be like, what types of things are they talking about? How are they talking about, about it? And so you might be able to learn um you know, topics in general, what, what other content marketers care about, if that's your, that's your demo, what salespeople care about. Right. Um, and then kind of like, what, what is the hook? Like, and that could sometimes be part of the medium. So it could be, oh, you know, salespeople really like video, um, but they don't tend to like, you know, this like long form SEO writing. I'm just making this up, but, um, but you can learn basically based on what other influencer companies or influencer people are doing and like, and how they're shipping content and how much engagement they're getting. So I'll just kind of like pay attention to that. Uh, I, I won't take it at face value of like, clearly this works and this doesn't, but I'll kind of have like a thesis based on that. Um, and then you just, you, yeah, you think like a, a, a salesperson or a marketer and that it's relationship first, right? Like it's, again, you're just optimizing for learning at first and, and optimizing for, for relationships and um, and so I think you you get yeah, connect with people that that are, that are interesting, you um, connect with people that are doing it well, and then you, so you kind of like form this well-rounded circle of of people of kind of like you know up and coming people, people that have been in it for a while, you know people that look at it from I'm, I'm mainly going off content marketing because that's what I know, but people that are looking at it from like 
SEO is the best ever. And then other people that are like, no, it's like social. And then other people that are like, it's video and you can put it anywhere, um, you know? And so you look at these different viewpoints and you look at what's working and you just kind of um, have a few different um, hypotheses like from that. Um, and you have just a few different learnings of like, okay, now I at least have X, Y, and Z that I can try, right? Like I can try some broetry, like I can, I can try uh, some short video clips, you know, I can try um, gifts and, and you can kind of feel out what works. Like you'll, you'll see like if people are engaging and I wouldn't say, you know, do it once. And then if it doesn't work, it's over. Right. Like this is something, I mean, for social, I would say that it's like a, a 90 day thing, right. Of like doing something for like a while and seeing if you get traction and that's, you know, alternating between different types of things. But what I like about it is you can just ship faster. You can learn faster. Um, and then, with search though, I mean, it's gotten a lot faster. Like there's kind of like this um, myth, I guess, that it takes a long time to, to rank and it takes a long time to see results. Um, but I've seen pages get get indexed like and, and rank the next day, right? And so it's not it's not impossible and there's a lot of learnings in that. And so it just depends. So that so that's partly, you know, what's already too saturated and what's what's not and you know what people really enjoy and and uh and it's not one or the other it's they can play off each other i would say like the the number one thing the number one thing that uh that you can do is start <laughs> and then you know for for social that's um finding people so that that place becomes like a, a home for you you know or a comfortable space and then you're because then you'll keep doing it you know because you like being there and so if you be, Put the right people in your network the right kind of like friends in your network and that can be people that have been in the industry 20 years longer than you it can be someone that's like way younger than you but kind of different i like having different voices and different takes on things kind of like in my feed and so so you're kind of curating that a little bit and then you're just keeping your eyes open to like this worked this does, didn't work um you're observing that and then you're starting to create yourself and just to make it less intimidating. That's that's why I say that you can comment because it does a few things for you. Um, you can leverage someone else's reach, right? Um, someone's an influencer, you know, their post is getting seen, people are looking in the comments. If you say something insightful, uh, different, smart, an add-on to it, different perspective, you can say the total opposite that, that, that they said, you know, if they think they're wrong and you can still get love that way. So um, you're able to kind of borrow an audience when you don't have one, um, you're able to, test creation, right? Like test, test shipping things. Um, and then you're able to take those learnings to your content. So I know, you know, a lot of people, including myself have, um, posted comments and then that comment ends up leading to the full post. Right. And so you can use it as like a content generation tool. So that I think as far as hacks and I, I hate that word, but that's probably like the, the best hack that I can give someone like actionable thing of like, just start, right. Like just start making friends and like, just start creating content at like the micro 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 level. It doesn't have to be scary. Um, and then you, yeah, you can start taking those learnings and posting. Um, yeah. And sort of at the same time you can post. And so I like that because it's just like a low lift. You, you don't have to invest too much. You don't have to create like a 5,000 word blog post only to find out, you know, that it's not going to work. Um, but, but I think that the, the other side of this is once you figure out what your audience really enjoys and, and find that intersection of like 
what you do best, like what your product and company does best, and then what people really want to know about and are already searching for in that space, then that kind of, to me, like makes the best SEO type content, um, or at least longer form content, whether that's um, a podcast like this, or if it's a blog post, now you have just this, this depth in your content. Um, you have chapters basically inside of it. And then you can pull out those chapters and those chapters become landing pages or they become social posts. And, uh, and you finally get to this point once you've done like some pillar content like this, where you have more content than you can ship. Like I got to that place. Um, we got to that place as a team, like at marketer hire where, um, you know, I was doing LinkedIn and um, Twitter and I was also, you know, contributing to our blog, contributing to landing pages, like various things. But on the social side of things, like I was like, I, I have so much content, like so many things I can pull from. We have this newsletter, like we have this um, marketer live, which was a webinar that we were doing. I was cutting clips for it, you know, um, and then we have these long form blog posts that, you know, can easily become posts. And so that's like a really exciting uh, place to get to, right. Is like when you have like a few different pillar, pillar content um, strategies going that you can break down, but um, I think it can go either way. You can, you can start small and then you can expand from there. Once you have validation kind of in the market, it's kind of like an MVP play to speak in terms of uh, SaaS and startups. Right. Um, or like you can, you know, uh, do the research, see kind of like where there's already intent, you know, if you're going more of the SEO route of what are people searching for, you know, where is their volume? Like, where is there like a tight niche? Like, where is their intent? And then, you know, you can still validate that. You can still like ask your social network or ask your communities, you know, if they'd be interested in, in knowing about that topic, it's probably a good idea. Um, and then you build it out and then you um, chop it back up, right? And so, so I can, I like that it can go, it can go either way, but um, since you asked about just starting out, you know, I think it's just scary to like create a big thing and invest a lot of time in a big thing, even if you do your research and you really don't know until, until you ship it, right? You don't totally know. And so, um, so not, not to say that you shouldn't have a strategy, but um, I do like pairing quick content creation um, on social or in a community um, with kind of like a, a longer term, you know, pillar based uh, strategy. So how do we create more valuable content for our audience? Uh, I've, I've kind of said in the past that I think good content is is nebulous, right? Like it's um, in the eye of the beholder, right? Like what is value? Like what is good content? All of these kind of generic words that we throw out. And so the, the audience decides if something is good, right? And so um, so really it's it really is a, as simple as, as throwing <laughs> throwing something out there and saying, is this good? Right. And so um, two things, two things with that is again, if if it's um, if it's social, if it's a community looking through uh, you know, recurring themes, right? Of topics that people are talking about, questions that people are asking, if it's SEO again, questions that people are asking, people also ask questions, like all of the data is, is there. Um, and then it's kind of up to you to kind of like fill in the gaps, right. Of yes, like these are the questions, but should these be the headers, right? Like, um, should this be like the exact story? Um, or should I, um, 
do some kind of like secondary research and also kind of to some degree, like use common sense, you know, um, and, and add in some other things um, that, you know, people are asking, but that don't necessarily show up on those things. So, um, so to answer your question, yeah, I, I mean, I, I sort of, you, you validate the, the market a little bit in that you, you look at all of those things and it really depends on the channel. So it, it's really hard to, to answer this specifically, but um, you look at kind of like what, what's already out there. You, you test different mediums and you test different, different style types. And then you'll have a few that you're like, I feel good about this for some reason, you know? So, so for me, it's, even though I do a lot of written content, I know that video just gets more engagement for me. And, and that's not everybody maybe, but, um, but I was like, video can work really well. And then I've seen gifts work really well. Um, and it kind of, especially if it's like a smaller sample size, you can keep testing it and make, make sure that hypothesis is true. But it really is, it really is just a feel thing. And at some point you have to, you have to ship it. Um, and uh, I think there are a couple of tools that you can look to though, like Spark Toro um, is one that I'm looking at right now, which is Rand Fishkin um, of Moz, um, you know, started this new company, um, which basically um, is supposed to, you know, tell you more about user behavior, right? And kind of just help you understand your audience more. Um, so I'm kind of looking at that because that's something um, that tells you, you know, for me, like what what uh, podcasts that sales people are listening to, right? Like, do they like sports? Like, what are their interests and things? And so um, in looking into this, because I was writing a, an article about different content tools and I'd been meaning to check this out. I've checked out their website. Like I've read a bunch of their FAQs. I just hadn't, haven't used it. Um, but I've, I've heard enough people recommend it now that I, I feel good, good enough like recommending that as something for people to look to. Something like Google Forms, you know, just create a Google form, send it out to, you know, people in your network that fit that ICP or just people that you want to talk to experts that you want to, to get, um, you know, their take on to again, val either validate your own ideas or to get totally different ideas. Um, and just make sure that you have good content. Like the more that you involve your ideal buyer in the content, um, or someone that your ideal buyer looks up to in the content, just check so many boxes because you're like now it's an influencer play right but it's also an expert play and I'm it's basically guaranteed to hit the mark um because this person is in that group like they're in that community they know what that community wants and so sometimes it's as simple as just taking yourself out of the equation so so there's there's that play um type form is another one um that that came up um as basically just being a cleaner version of a uh, cleaner and more robust version of Google Forms, right? Where you can create a form. Um, and I've heard that it it works really well for scaling. So if you need to send it to like a thousand people rather than 20, um, that you can scale up your membership and then you can scale it back down. Um, so that's been recommended me to me for that reason. Um, other forms of sourcing. Oh, one that I mentioned the other day is Haro, so help a reporter out, um, is a tool that basically connects reporters and content writers to experts, right? And so you can basically send out a query of, I'm looking for uh, restaurant owners in the Denver area, right? Um, and then and you can get it like very specific, like with, you know, two years of experience, like Chinese restaurant, whatever it is. And so, um, so you can get really specific of who you're looking for and, um, you still get a lot of responses because there's just 
uh, a lot of backlinkers will will use it as like a tool to get their mentions like on these on these blogs, which is smart. Like I've um, I've done that. <laughs> so um, so yeah. So it's just like a way to connect with experts though, and make sure again that your content is on the mark and accurate, right? Helpful. Um, and then there's another one now too that's um, help a B two B writer. I think is what it's called. Um, and it's basically the same thing, but it's more niche down to B two B because the kind of the complaint with Haro is it's more of like a blogger tool. Like I think it started more as a blogger tool. And so it can just be kind of all over the place in terms of responses. Um, and so this new tool um, was created and I think right now it's free. The other one is paid if you are the one looking for the expert. If you're the expert, then it's free. Um, but help a B2B writer. So these are all ones that I actually like included in a, a recent article about content tools. Um, and specifically about, you know, sourcing and understanding your audience. So I'd recommend all this. What metrics are most helpful for guiding your overall content strategy and day-to-day -day decisions? I think the hard thing with content is measuring it, right? Um, it's, it can be very hard to, to tie, especially brand content to, to, uh, leads and, um, and especially like revenue. And so I think a good leading metric to look at is consumption, right? And so this is super easy to see on a web page um, or a blog. So you can go to Google Analytics or a similar tool and you can see just how long they're on the page for, right? And, um, and to some degree traffic too, like how many, uh, how many people. But lately I have been kind of moving away from the, you know, how, how many people can we get? Um, how many leads can we drive? Like how can we make this process shorter? You know, like trying to move away from this like hamster wheel um, of like faster, more, faster, more, um, which is so easy to get into in content. Um, and I'm guilty of, of getting into it a lot. Um, and then just trying to move more toward the, um, not how can I get this done faster, but how can I make this worth my time, right? Like how can I make content that is worth my time, it's worth the company's time, it's worth the reader's time, right? And so I think a good um, trait of a content marketer is, is being able to understand what good looks like. And it goes back to your last question of like really understanding the audience and like doing diligence of being in the places that they are and asking them questions and then taking the time to like actually talk to them offline, um, you know, and like seeing how they, how they think about things, what their struggles are, what they need, you know, like what, what they consider good content. And then once you kind of like do what I call method marketing, which is really just good marketing. Right. Um, and I say that because it's like method acting, right? Like you almost like become, <laughs> you become the customer to some degree. And I'm not saying you have to like go to those, <laughs> to those lengths, <laughs> but like you should, you should like understand them. Right. And so um, to the extent like that you have a decent idea of what they'll consider good content. Right. And so it's a, it's a constant, like, you know, validation thing and it's always going to change. Like people aren't static. Right. And so um, so their behavior and their wants and their needs are gonna gonna change and level up. But I think, yeah, when you can get to a place where it's like, I think I think this is good content. And it's both because I I know that I put in the time to make it that good. And I wasn't just trying again, I wasn't like stuck on that hamster wheel of like get it done, get it done, but I was like, no, get it right. Um, and then also 
because because you've spent the time to to validate and understand like what people are are asking to continuously and what problems that they keep running into and so once you understand those things then the content creation part of it gets a lot easier and it gets a lot less stressful because you're you're saying okay like i there's no hard deadlines like the world is not going to end like if this blog post does not go out this week um, which again, like I constantly like get, get into that. So I'm, I'm making fun of myself here, but, um, but you're getting into a thing of like, yeah, if I, if I create this thing, I'm really excited about our company is excited about it, but like most importantly, like the audience is really excited about it. Um, then that, that's, that's a good place to be. Cause you, you can build on that too. You're like, oh, they liked this. Okay. So from that, we can ask them, did you like, did you like the video? Did you, did you like the explanation? Like, did you, you know what I mean? You can figure out, was it the medium? Was it the topic? Was it how we talked about the topic? Was it the voice of the brand? You know, you, so you, you can really approach it from like a scientific way and uh, figure out uh, what, you know, what your controls are, right. Um, by, by just getting that, that feedback from the audience. And if you go back to marketer hires, um, LinkedIn, for instance, um, sometimes on, on Twitter, um, sometimes we would get responses of like, I love, I love this post or I love this blog. And then I, I'll, I'll just be the one be like, why? <laughs> um, you know, I'll just say, oh, cool. cool. Like, so, like, thank you so much for the feedback. What was it that you liked about it specifically? You know, um, because it's, they're voluntarily giving you that information. So it's, it's, it's nice to have that, but you can always take it a step further and be like, why, uh, you know, what could we improve on it? What do you hate about it? So, um, you don't always get that from, uh, from a social interaction, but, um, but I think that that's a simple way to, to take advantage, like of this, like free already like free feedback. All right, Camille, any parting words of advice? Control what you can control, right? Like you can control putting out good content. You can, uh, you know, control how much you talk to your customers and talk to your audience. Um, you know, like th those are some things that are in your control. Like you do not control other social platforms. You don't control algorithms, right? Like nobody knows what Google's algorithm is. Um, and yeah, likewise, no one knows what LinkedIn's audience is. So I think, yeah, you, you focus on what you can do well and, and know that, you're, you're not, you're not your audience either. Like you, you're your brain, right. And like, you are like, you're like a person, you're not just like an online persona. So I think knowing that and that you can rebuild everywhere, but doing that sooner rather than later would be my advice. Thanks to Camille Trent for being on the show. And thanks to you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll consider leaving a rating and sharing it with a friend. And until next time, remember, Making good content marketing decisions shouldn't be complicated and overwhelming. There's always a solution.